We're going to be in Acts chapter 2 for the next three weeks, specifically looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Today we'll focus on verses 42 to 43 as we start a new series called Life together and sort of while you're turning in your copy of god's word or finding your place so that you can uh, look along let me just elaborate on the jason earl's comedy night i don't know how long it has been since you laughed so hard you cried for more than an hour but this guy i met this guy actually in Beaumont. I was speaking and he was he was uh, doing comedy and and uh, also comes with um, just such a spiritual truth uses him humor really to uh, to teach us some things and uh, but I laughed so hard I could barely speak after you got done and I thought one day I want to have that guy Jason come to our church and uh, he's coming September 18th. Uh, we only have enough seats for what we have in the room, and so we're inviting some other churches too. So I'd encourage you to get tickets for that. There, Megan's sitting out at the table today, and you can get those. But one of the things that we're going to do is uh, uh, develop hygiene kits for Lighthouse Christian Ministries uh, around that night. And so you can find out more about what needs to be in those hygiene kits right out here at the table where Megan's sitting today. But we want to get as many of those as we possibly can get because what Lighthouse Christian Ministries does, they take those hygiene kits and distribute them all over the 4B area, specifically in uh, Bay Cliff, San Leon, some of those areas over there uh, to help people that are just really, really, really in need. And we can be a blessing in that way. So I think laughter will be good medicine for us, uh, but also I think we can bless some people at the same time. And so I hope that you'll participate. It's good for the whole family uh, that night. And so uh, you can pick those tickets up today. All right, let's do this. Let's stand and read the scriptures together. And if you're our guest, we say this phrase, the very words at the, at the end of the main text reading, just to distinguish God's word uh, from my own. Uh, I'm just going to read verses 42 and 43 of chapter 2. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. You can be seated. One of the things that the church of Jesus Christ has to offer a world that has been isolated for a long time is community. It's the ability to live life together, but I mean for real. I don't mean like, you know my face and I know yours. That's kind of how America is, right? You, you know your neighbor's face and you wave, but what do you know about your, your neighbor? You know, do you really know them? Have you sat at their table? Do they know the good and the bad of who you are? That kind of thing. Not many people know people like that. But the community of faith in Jesus Christ, this life together concept that we're talking about is the kind of thing that is unique to the church because it is uh, centered in Christ, but it, but, it, but it allows other people into your life and it allows you into other people's life. And that's what really we were designed for. We were never meant to live uh, life alone and isolated. You know, Jesus in his time, 
on the planet, walking the earth, three, three years he made disciples, about three years. And in that time, you probably, you probably know the number 12, but in actuality, he, he accumulated probably 500 plus people that would call uh, th- themselves disciples, men and women of Jesus uh, in that three years. It took three years for the, the, the creator of the universe, the sovereign Lord, to, to develop 500 plus disciples. But in Acts chapter 2, just what Jesus had been promising, the Holy Spirit is given to the disciples. Now, the Holy Spirit, according to the scripture, is the gift that God gives us when we come to know Jesus and we give our lives over to him. He puts his spirit inside of us, according to the scripture. And that spirit guides us and empowers us. And so that day, the spirit was given to the disciples. And Peter preaches a sermon. Peter was a denier, you might remember. He's the one that like, you know, Jesus got arrested and he was like, I don't even know the guy. And, and three, three times, I don't even, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. Now Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up and preaches the sermon of a lifetime, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in one day at the end of a sermon, it says 3,000 men came to Christ. Now, the the counting would also, if you're understanding that particular day, it doesn't include the the women and the the children. There was more than than 3,000 that came to Christ that day. One day. And so their numbers, can you imagine if our church, you know, your church that you're a part of, and one day went from 500 to 3,000. And then it just kept expanding from there. And this was the beginning of what was the Jerusalem church. So in that moment, at that time in Acts chapter 2, there's really one church, the Jerusalem church. And it, it begins to expand dramatically. And in that, they have to figure out, okay, what are we supposed to do with all of this? How do we live life together? And, and in actuality, that's what we're trying to figure out today because the, the church, the Jerusalem church in the first century became local churches all the way to Asia Minor. And it spread from generation to generation now to 21st century where you sit in a local church. It all stems from that first Jerusalem church and the question is like how do we live life together and they give us a great model here uh beginning in acts chapter 2 verses 42 and i'll just title this message we are uh primarily and 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 there will be three messages in this series but the first sort of message the first thing that we need to hear is that we are devoted to the same things We are devoted to the same things. Now, how many of you know this is a moment in American history where it is possible for the church to be most fragmented than it has ever been before because of the ideology on the landscape? You know that, right? This is a moment where, you know, like everybody has a different opinion, idea about what is right uh, related to certain things. Well, in this passage, what we see is that uh, all that aside, there are probably lots of political opportunities to think about in Jerusalem. But all that aside, the church of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem in the first century, they were devoted, all of them, to the same things. And let's look at what they were devoted to because there there are four things that they're, they're devoted to. Verse 42, and it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, 
the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. Now, first, we need to think about what does devoted mean? What does devoted mean? Devoted in that context is to adhere to with strength, right? So, you know, there's a difference between saying I'm devoted to something and actually demonstrating you're devoted to something, right? Uh, You can tell by a person's life what they're devoted to. Um, And so this is important for us to understand that this devotion is action. It's a strength uh, in action that they adhere to. And for them in that day, because of the way that their life for them was, this was a daily, a daily ordeal. So it says this, that they devoted themselves, number one, to the apostles' teaching. And the apostles were those, they were deemed apostles because they had companionship with Jesus. They were the 12 that you know of for the most part. And they, they knew Jesus, heard Jesus' teachings, were closest to Jesus. And so they are disseminating all that Jesus taught them about all of the Old Testament and about who he is and about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're disseminating that, these apostles. They're teaching it to the people. And according to the text, the people in the first century are devoted then to the apostles' teaching. Uh, they are devoted, secondly, and that is just basic doctrine. What is the gospel? Who is Jesus? What really happened here? Is he going to return? What is the Holy Spirit that came inside of us? What does all of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, mean in, in context when it comes to who Jesus is? And they were teaching this over and over again daily in houses and big groups and small groups, in the temple area and in houses. And they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. The second thing they were devoted to is the fellowship, right? So this is a Greek word, koinonia, and it just means to, the, the, to participate. This is participation face-to-face rooted in Christ. So daily they were committed to the fellowship, to each other. Their, their unity was in Christ. Uh, Paul would, uh, or the writer of Hebrews, would say in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25, as he was encouraging Christians, and let us consider how to stir uh, one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The pattern for meeting together was first established in Acts chapter 2 uh, by this, this, this Jerusalem church. They were committed to the koinonia, to the fellowship, to gathering together and taking care of each other. Now, third thing they're committed to, it says the breaking of bread. This is uh, probably two things. Number one, the Lord's Supper. So you might remember that before Jesus was crucified, he took bread and he broke it at the time of the Passover. And he said to the, the disciples, uh, when, you, when you eat this bread, remember my body broken for you. He said, when, when you drink this cup, and he took a cup of wine, he said, when you drink this cup, uh, you, you, you drink it and you remember my blood shed for you. That is why we take communion. 
communion. That's why we take Lord's Supper uh, six to eight times a year as a gathering. It's because this is, this is something that they were devoted to, the breaking of bread. But it wasn't just the Lord's Supper. It was also the breaking of bread in the context of homes with each other. We do that in a lot of different ways. You might meet some people at Chick-fil-A. You might invite somebody to your house, whatever. But the point is when you sit down and you share a meal together, there's something that takes place between brothers and sisters. And all it is is a coming together. It's like it becomes stickier, the glue that is the body of Christ. And so we need to sit with each other. There's a tragedy when somebody is in the body of Christ and they don't have anybody they call friend. And so this was important, the sitting and, and, and hospitality in that culture is amazing. So you're coming to my house. It's going to be a great meal. You're going to linger at that meal. We're going to sit and talk and share life. Here's what the conversation would be. God moments. Hey, what have you seen God do in these weeks? The conversation would be about how can I, what's going on in your family life? How can I help you? And vice versa. And so this, this table concept is really important, the breaking of bread. So they're committed to the apostles' teaching, devoted to it, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So because it says, if you look at it in verse uh, 42, it says the prayers. It doesn't just say prayer it says the prayers most people believe most scholars believe that they're talking about the rhythm of the pattern of prayers in judaism around the temple so remember this is the jerusalem church all these people are jewish for the most part they are uh still the temple is a significant portion of their life that every day in the temple, you gather at nine and three for prayers, morning and evening prayers, nine and three, nine and three, nine and three. Most people think they're still devoted to the prayers in that way. They may be even going to the temple uh, to have these prayers in the original context, but they are devoted to the prayers because prayer is where we together commune with God. It's a devotion to him. It's when we get to ask God, what's your plan? What are you doing? It's, it's when we get to hear God. It's when we get to express our love for God together. It's, it's when we, we see God provide for us through prayers. I, I love every, every Tuesday we have a time in our staff uh, where we share God moments and we pray together. And somebody said this particular week they started a new prayer journal and they started listing prayers and praying those prayers. And, and she literally said, I've already seen three of them answered. And I was just like, it's so awesome to go before the Lord in prayer and see him work, see him move. And uh, often we don't because we aren't devoted to the prayers. But these, this church, they're devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to each other, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Now, here's what we learn in verse 43. We're all devoted to the same things. But in verse 43, we learn we are subject to the same Holy Spirit that they were subject to. Sometimes you ever think to yourself, like, it would be neat to see things happen today like they happened back in Bible times. You ever thought about that? Right? Every, every 21st century Christian in America 
thinks that at one time or another. I, I wish they, they, things would happen like they're happening in Bible times. Do you know things are happening today like they happen in Bible times? All the time. Because we're subject to the same, same spirit, good and bad. Things are happening, just like they were happening in Bible times. There's no separation, no distinction because of the same spirit. So here's what we see in verse 43. If you just take a look at that. And it says, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So let's talk about that. So awe. What is awe? Awe is fear. Awe is fear. Don't let anybody ever tell you you shouldn't fear God. He is your father, but he's also the sovereign king of the universe. And so you have awe for him. In fact, if we, if we just held on, I'm the worst at this. I say everything is awesome. <laughs> everything. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. But if we just held that word awesome for God, that would probably be good. Because he is the one who is awesome. Right, And so they had a fear for God. Why did they have a fear for God? Because, because they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Because they were committed to the fellowship with each other. They were, they were in and around the things of God every, every day. Because they were, they were breaking bread and remembering what Jesus did for them. Because uh, they were in prayer with God daily. That awe. They were filled with awe. It says, in awe or fear came upon every soul in the body. Every soul. I, I, I think it's interesting that it says came upon. It's not like it was from, you know, something I manufactured in myself. It's not, it's not like some, you know, formula where the disciples finally got it right on the, the, the church strategy and, and now every soul you know, was in awe of God. No, it, it was that it came upon them. It was a work of the Holy Spirit, nothing manufactured by human hands. A work of the Holy Spirit. Why did it come upon them? Because the prime was pump, the pump was primed. Because every day they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. It's funny that I, and if you've been with me, you know, like, I, I take people to Israel, as, you, as many of you know about, and they, they will say at the end of day one, like, God has spoken to me more at the end of day one. I can't wait to see what's going to happen the other days. I can't believe how God speaks in Israel. And I was like, I'm always like, hey, dude, these rocks are cool. This desert is great. The only reason you heard God is you were devoted to the teaching all day long. You had your Bible open. You were walking like this and trying to hear from Jesus for 10 hours. If I have to take you over here to do that, I will. It's hard to get like 33 minutes in the USA. So look, that's why. It's the word of God, the spirit of God. And, and so awe came upon every soul. It's not manufactured programs. It's that God moved because the, the pump was primed because they were, they were listening. It says because of this, if you just follow in verse 43, it says, And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. 
Many signs and wonders. So, again, again, you have a continuation of Jesus' healing ministry. You have a continuation of Jesus' provision ministry. You have a, a manifestation of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. So that people are exercising these gifts for the glory of God and for the good of people and for the good of the body of Christ. And uh, I hear people all the time like, hey, why don't we? Why don't we ever see these kinds of signs and wonders? And I always want to go, you don't? Well, it's because they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, committed to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers daily, and they were in tune to the Holy Spirit. He just won't be with 33 minutes a week. If this is it, this is it. And so this was important for them. They saw many signs and wonders being done through, not, not by, look at, look at that, not by the apostles. These guys aren't manufacturing it on their own. It's through the apostles, which just means that they are a vessel for ministry. That's it. Because it's the work of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And they see God move because they are devoted to him by being devoted to the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. I have always in my entire life, always, in every church I've served, there's been four, really. I have wanted to see a move of God like Acts chapter 2. Like Acts chapter 2. You know what? I have, but not here in the East where people devote themselves to the apostles teaching, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship and to prayers daily. They're not as busy as us. They don't have as much stuff to manage. Um, They have more time kind of. Or their priorities are different. I'm not exactly sure. But I haven't seen it in the West. In my, my time. And I just, I think to, to myself, and this is the third point of the, the sermon and, and something that we really need to hear as we consider life together is, is yes, we, we are to be devoted to the same things. Yes, we are subject to the same spirit. But number three, but do we subject ourselves to the same spirit together? Do we subject ourselves to the same spirit together? And I, I want to explore that for just a minute because, because when the gospel went to the uttermost parts of, of, of the, the, the world... I mean, you, you, if you read the, the scriptures, it goes from Jerusalem out to Judea and Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world where at that time was biblical Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Some of you read about the seven churches of Revelation. Those are all expansions of the Jerusalem church, Paul's church planting all through Asia Minor over into to Greece and, and Rome and all of that. It's, it's all an expansion of the church of Jesus Christ. So it gets over here where we are through the generations and then goes back again to the east. It's been expanding and expanding and expanding. The movement hasn't stopped. But the question is, 
are we locally devoted to the biblical teaching together? Now, man, we live in a land of podcasts, right? How many of you like podcasts? Listen to podcasts, whatever, or books. We got like every book imaginable. You, if you don't like to read, you can listen to them on audio tape. I, I like to do this little exercise. I'll just do it with you right now. So you can't say you can't say me. Not that you would, but you can't say me. But who is your favorite preacher? You don't shout it out. I don't want to know. But think about it for a minute. Make your top three list. You know, in the United States of America, usually about three names come up, three particular names that everybody kind of listens to their their podcasts. And that's cool. And uh, on a bad day, uh, you think, man, I wish our preacher was that good. I wish he was like that. And here's the deal. Those guys are good. All those guys are good. In fact, I'm probably a supplement for somebody else in some other church. But, but we're supplemental. Because the, the particular biblical pattern is that people will come together in a local body of Christ and sub- submit themselves and be devoted to the teaching, the doctrine by the elders of that church. Why? Because the elders of that church that, that are are responsible, according to First Peter, for your soul. The guy on the other end of the podcast, not so much. He doesn't know you. The elders here, the pastors here, they're, they, they are held accountable by God to shepherd. See. So when you have a wedding or a funeral or something's going bad or something's going really good, the podcast guys aren't going to show up. John Piper will not come. David Platt will not be here. Matt Chandler will stay in Dallas. Tony Evans, I love him. He's not coming. So you submit yourself to the elders in a, a local body, become devoted to the the biblical teachings together. And that, that's hard because, see, people don't like this in America. What that means is that we're going to have tension. Sometimes you're going to see things in my life that you think we need to press into. And sometimes the elders are going to see things in your life and, and say, we need to press into this for the glory of God and for the good of that person, the good of that marriage, the good of the family. And you're going to have to say, instead of canceling, Okay, I'm going to now just be online and listen to one of my top favorite guys. He's not going to be in my life. Instead of canceling, the, the relationship is life together. We work through these things. We help each other because we're devoted to the same things. God put you here. God put us all here. For a reason. Are we devoted to the biblical teaching together in a local church context? Second, are we devoted to the fellowship, the koinonia that come together? Are we devoted to each other? Right. So listen to this. Tom Rainer, who used to be the president of of Lifeway Christian Resources. He now got this organization that does uh, research called Church Answers, research specifically about the church. Listen to what he says. The once-a-month churchgoer is the fastest-growing segment of church life in America. The once-a-month churchgoer. 
So this was a, a, a trend that was, tr- that was trending pre-pandemic, okay? Before all the crazy that's happened with the pandemic, people were becoming in the United States a once-a-month churchgoers. And the pandemic has only exacerbated this. So on average, there are 730 hours in a month. 730 hours in a month. If you're a once a month churchgoer, that's one, maybe two hours a month with the koinonia, with the fellowship. So out of 730 hours, does one or two hours a month sound like being devoted to you? It is not. (laughs) They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, to prayers daily. I see that in the East. Here, one, maybe two hours a month is the trend. Are we devoted to the, the fellowship? In, that, in that, that scenario, by the way, there's no life together. Not like the biblical uh, pattern shows. If you show up one time a month for two hours, you feel good because you went to church and you can check that box. But there's no, that's, not, that's not what it was supposed to be in the context of Scripture. How can you know anyone? How can they know you? How can you be involved in anybody's life? So are we devoted to the fellowship? We need people. We need other followers of Jesus in our lives. We need to serve them and be served by them. We need friendships that last beyond death, eternal friendships. In Christ, we need real community. Did you know that's where discipleship is found? In real community, in real fellowship. It's how mature believers invest in younger believers. And the pattern goes on and on and on. Are we devoted to the fellowship? Number three, are we devoted to the breaking of bread together? So this is when we remember and reflect. Taking, We hear we take the Lord's Supper six to eight times a year. There are other ways that we do that as well. But here in this room, six to eight times a year. Are we devoted to this? Do, are you devoted in the context of your own home to fellowship meals? Going to have this family over this week or next. We're going to meet for breakfast or meet for lunch or meet for coffee or whatever. And we're really going to talk about life beyond the, 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 the wave and the whole way out there. How's it going? Good. I'm doing great. How are you? Everybody's good. Thanks. Everybody knows it's not all good. Everybody knows that. That's just superficial. So what if you sit down with somebody and break bread together? Are we devoted to prayer together? Well, this is where the spirit moves. And I would say prayer is lacking in 21st century American church. 
Matthew 18, 19 to 20. Again, I say to you, if two two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Colossians 4, 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. We... You and me, every believer in Christ, we are meant to live our life in Christ together. Did you know your life really is a community project in Christ? Did you know that? Your life is not your own. You were bought with a price according to scripture. And he gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ, the local body of Christ, the church, and said, live life together be devoted to the same things now we talk a lot about a lot of things but what if we major on being devoted to the same things that the acts chapter 2 jerusalem church was devoted to the apostles teaching the fellowship the breaking of bread and prayers what would have to change for you To be devoted, like this word means, to strongly adhere to those things. And that's where I want to leave it with you for today. We have two more sermons in this series. And there's more we need to talk about. Take a step toward life together. So here's my my recommendation. If you're not in a life group, get in a life group. If you're not in a life group, get in a life group. You can go to the Welcome Center today, get a list. You can go online this afternoon. You can get a list, find some people to sit down with every week and do life with, right? Bow your head and close your eyes and just ask the Lord to speak to you. Lord, we confess as uh, your church here, Bay Area Church, we have a tendency to live in an individual way and to isolate even when we're going through things. Lord, by your spirit, would you draw us closer to you and convict us of the things we need to be devoted to. Father, give every person in this church real community with you and real fellowship with brothers and sisters in christ god i pray that as they pray they would hear your voice as they listen to the teachings and dive into your word that they would hear your voice and they would hear your voice together with other people lord we want to do it your way we've we've tried our own way but we want to do it your way We want to live life together in you. And so guide us as a church and as people and families making up this church in just that way. We love you in Christ's name. Amen.